play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us. It is now episode 312. 312. 312. Finally, we got past that stupid 311 hump. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, but now 312. That's just one digit away from the, uh, the magic number. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we just need a one in front of everything. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the War of 1312. Oh, wait, no, it's 1812. Never mind. <laughs> well, on this episode, as we do, we play, we're going to be playing a bunch of great music, a lot of cool music, a lot of music shared with us. But also, we have an interview with a couple of guys from Wake Up Humanity. They will be making their way here to Salt Lake City about a week and a half from now. I wasn't listening. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Wake of humanity. They'll be here in about a week and a half. Yes, they will. Yeah. What? A, what is it? April. It's April 29th. Yep. As part of the uh, the General Violence Conference, and they will be one of the last four or five bands playing that night. Excellent. Yep. I got the in. I got all the set times. I have them. Well, not memorized. I know when I'm playing. <laughs> That's the important part. Yep. But the important part is that nobody else knows. Because <laughs> that, that's the idea. That's what Spencer was saying when we had him on. He said, oh, cool. we don't want people to show up just to see one band. So True. we're keeping the set list kind of, uh, well, the track list. The, <laughs> set the, the set times. There we go. The <laughs> list of the set times. Secret. Just to be like, oh, you got to show up for, yeah, you never know. Right. And whoops, you may discover a band that you may like. Yeah, sucks to be you, I guess. That happens at festivals. One of the great things about going to festivals, you go for a band or two or three or whatever, and you get to discover a whole bunch more. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be there. We're going to have Chris and MJ on just a little bit. We're going to get to the new stuff, play some new stuff, and we'll be working our way towards it as we do through the show. So I'm going to start on April 9th. The Serial Killers, they released Asshole. Permanent Residue released ST, so self-titled Tape 2. That's on Dead Broke Records. Baku Hantam, they released Made by the Faith. It's a single on Sam Strong Records. Metric Fuckton, they released In My Dreams, that track. It's a single, and it features Joe Queer. Uh, Infierno Gris, they released... Tu Miedo Es Supodor, and that is on Take the City Records, great label. Uh, They've been releasing a lot of good stuff in the last six months to a year. Next up, In the Sun, is they released Our Cigarettes, which is a single on Little Willie Records on the 10th. Cidado, 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 oh man, I'm fucking that up. Uh, uh, They released Todos Os Dias, it's a 7-inch on Mendeku Discock, speaking of somebody who's releasing a lot of great stuff recently. Uh, They also released Crosshairs' Perverted Law on the 13th. Then Bruise Control released HMRC, which is a single on TNS Records. Then on the 14th, not released Stop the World on Wiretap Records. Uh, 14th was a busy release date. It included Initiate releasing Cerebral Circus on Triple B Records, Wasting Time releasing Losing My Mind, 
a single on Disconnect Disconnect Records, Lucifer Star Machine releasing Satanic Age, Killmane Saints releasing Same Again Tomorrow. I've been meaning to listen to that. Now I need to get back to that one. Iron Sharpens Iron, they released the single Engine number 9, a Deftones cover. Uh, Radio Cremen released Frankie on Demon's Punk Records. I'll be playing something from that uh, before too long over on Punkanoi Worldwide. Hunting Lions released Light EP about a month before they released the Dark EP, and that's on Pirates Press Records. We played a track off of both of those EPs last week. The Bug Club released two LPs on the 14th, Green Dream in F-Sharp and Pure Particles. The Dead Krizukis released Maniac, which is a cover that was a single. Punky Tunes released We Are In The Future on Canal Historique. Cloud Surfers released Contradicting Medication, which is a single. Cardboard Box Colony and The Death Bots released a split EP. Liberty and Justice released Top of the Scrap Heap EP. Tat. Tatzers released a self-titled LP on Tough Ain't Enough Records. Uh, Tough Ain't Enough also released a compilation called Chaos in Tarragona. Captain Asshole released The Hare and the Hedgehog, which is a single. Lost Legion released Auto Production, which is a 7-inch on Mendeku Discock. And Parker released Ruin My Life, which is a single. Then on the 15th, Revert, they released Uskal Hardcore on Mendeku Discock. Contingent Anime, they released live in studio on the slopes on Rusty Knife Records. Kanslan's Partisan released two singles on the 16th. One is Mediterranean and the other's Salvutnand, uh, something like that. What in the hell did you just say? <laughs> Look for the other one, Mediterranean, and you'll probably find the other one. And then you'll be like, oh, he wasn't even close. But anyway, <laughs> Kanslan's. Partisan, that is the band. Then Toxic Effects released Immune to the Media on Mad Butcher Records. Mad Butcher also did a re-release of The Braces' Ska Got Soul on the 17th. Rancid released a new single. It is Don't You Tell Me About Tomorrow. And that's because on the 2nd of June, Tomorrow Never Comes is going to be released it's a great track. <laughs> it is a great track. I listen to it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it came as a surprise. I'm like, Me too. I had no idea Ransom was working on new material. That was released, uh, what, yesterday, Tuesday, and I think Sunday night. Mm -hmm. It might have been when I saw something, and I thought, what? And then I actually read it on Monday. I thought, oh, shit, they're coming out with something tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Now, I actually saw it on, a Insta on an Instagram page I follow called Punk Rock Vinyl. I was like, I haven't seen anything from these guys. You know, Maybe I should scroll through it. And he uh, updates on all the uh, new vinyl and new albums that are coming out in the punk scene. You know, I should probably pay attention to that more now that I think <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, that's what I saw. Like, uh, yep, Rancid's uh, Don't Tell Me About Tomorrow just dropped. I was like, wait a minute, a new album? Why wasn't I aware of this? <laughs> and I go on, uh, yeah, I go online. I see the album is, uh, you know, it's in the process of being released, but it does have that single out. I was right. like, okay, well... Uh, I didn't really care much for Troublemaker, so let's see if uh, this single is promising. <laughs> you know, I think I say the album cover is pretty funny. It looks uh, pretty. Uh, it looks pretty distinctively familiar to an album by one the Beatles, right? <laughs> the very last album they released. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, Rancid, this better not be your last album. Well, 
I mean, I don't care if you release new music or not at this point, but <laughs> don't stop being a band like uh, No Effects, right? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, No Effects is like their their discography is kind of hit or miss, but they're great to see live. True. Except for that one infamous uh, set that they played in uh, punk rock bowling in what was it, 2017? Yeah, I remember yeah, that one. making light about the shootings at the yeah that one country fest. Yeah, we we remember that, right? So uh, yeah, uh, Fat Mike, get off your high horse. It's uh, <laughs> that horse can't carry you anymore. It's getting exhausted. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I digress. Branson's new song kicks ass. <laughs> also on the 18th, Dem K and the Solutions released "Kinda Man," a single. Plastic Presidents released Break Free, which is a single. Then on the 19th, Broken Bomb released Full Mental Racket on Catabomb Records. Ink Bomb released a new single called Theme Song. K. Iman released En Entendant Le Temp on Pogo Records. That's an EP. On the 20th, Lost Cat will be releasing Black Mambas. It's a split single, I should say. Lost Cat and Black Mambas doing a split single on Wap Shuwap Records. Crown Court will be releasing Heavy Manners on Rondale Records on the 21st. UEX is releasing Mort Seng on the 21st. Gob Patrol should be releasing their self-titled on the 21st. Blisterhead's releasing a new EP called Bad Blood. rather. Argyle Goolsby is coming out with a new single called La Petite Mort. The 25th is bringing us Spanish Love Songs, releasing Doom and Gloom Sessions on Pure Noise Records. On the 26th, Chernobyl is releasing a new EP, Fas Amour, on UVPR. Alex Hellcat is releasing another single. The, on the 27th, Loyal Companion. The Damned will be releasing Darkadelic on the 28th. The Rumperts is releasing New Age Jesus on Spam Records. Teenage Bottle Rocket is releasing a new EP called So Dumb, So Stoked on Pirates Press Records. It's a, it's a good EP. I've already heard it. Uh, <laughs> well, look at you <laughs> getting the it's on everything. Uh, on some stuff for sure, definitely Pirates Press. Love that label. Uh, Killer Kin is releasing Killer Kin on Deadbeat Records, and finally, Senseless out of the UK. They're releasing the Samba Sessions on Damn It Records. There's a handful of other releases. Not sure the release dates could be coming up now. Could be coming up in May. I'm gonna stop there. My list has been plenty long. Eric, we got to get into the show. So, what do you got to add? Um, I got a little bit to add. On the 11th, uh, Fuckskin released their If Only EP. Uh, yeah, on the 14th, uh, we covered Initiate Cerebral Circus. I listened to that one. Pretty pretty decent. Uh, the Dirty Nil released their uh, single from their upcoming album. Um, what is that one called? I guess? Oh, yeah, Free Reigns to Passions. That's coming out on the 26th of May. Uh, until then, they have their Nicer Guy single. And Jesus Peace released their So Unknown LP. Uh, my friends in Monstrology, it's a death metal band. They released their first single, The Third Switch, and Dripping with Fear. That's A-side, B-side. Uh, that came out on the 16th. And on the 28th, Enforced will be releasing their second album, War Remains. I am excited for that one. I've already played a few songs. Uh, uh, yeah, I already played a few singles that were uh, uh, that came out in the last uh, few months. So I think they're done releasing singles, and all that's left to release is the album. Nice. And I'll be, yeah, end of this month, the day before GVC. So I'll have some good hype music. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, yeah, that's the extent of my uh, new releases to add. Um, Let's get into the show. What kind of new music do you have for us? Well, I have some, 
Some old school sound and hardcore coming straight out of Chicago via the band Buggin'. Also kind of known as Buggin' Out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Buggin', like I said, they're from Chicago, formed in uh, 2019. And in that year, they released their first demo. Then they released their semi-self-titled EP, which is just Buggin' Out. Nice. <laughs> so uh, that came out in uh, 2020. And they released a few singles uh, the following years. Brain Freeze in 2021, Attitude in 2022, and no, it's not a Bad Brains cover or a Misfits <laughs> cover. Yes, I too was disappointed. But then I was <laughs> exhilarated knowing it was an original and it kicked ass. Nice. Yeah, so that was a great one. And th- this year they released another singer, uh, single called Eyes on You. And that is just a minute and a half of pulverizing old school hardcore. It's got speed, breakdowns, lyrics about preachers on their high horse despite not believing in what they claim to be present- representing. And the segment where one of the members aggressively calls them out. Yeah, what more do you want? (laughs) So that's what you're going to get. That's what we want. This is buggin' or buggin' out, whatever the fuck you want to call them. It doesn't matter. Their music kicks ass. Let's get into it. about covers it (laughs) it's nice to know that music like that is still alive and well and uh you know why shouldn't it be it's incredibly simple to write you know all you got to do is find some good trigger words that are easy to chant and uh you know that'll incite some good pileups and it will uh, keep you fresh in people's mind until the next band comes along that sounds exactly like you (laughs) yeah not to call out anybody but i've been around long enough i know bands (laughs) They are carbon copies of each other. It gets pretty tiring. It's like, yeah, they're great to see live, but you're going to forget their name in five minutes. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Not to specify what bands, because I forgot their names. (laughs) (laughs) But not you, Buggin'. You guys are kick-ass. And I hope not to forget you. So keep releasing some uh, killer material, and I will keep my ears open for that. Yeah. And let me know if you got another EP coming out or some shit. <laughs> yeah. I want a handwritten message, you know, delivered snail mail. I want to feel included. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody writes anymore. 
except for me, apparently. <laughs> I'm going off of written notes here. <laughs> no, I should probably uh <laughs> I should probably update. It's a lot more it's a lot more easier to type. <laughs> and that was grammatically incorrect. I'm gonna stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> if and I even started. Well, let's get into more mu- new music. So on this episode, got a bunch of stuff that's been shared with us. Uh, trying to get caught up on all of those things as uh, we have a lot. We appreciate when everybody does. I've got a lot more piling up already, so i got to get to it. And uh, let's get into this new music. So first up, Pink Snot is the band. They're from Winnipeg in Manitoba. And I want to thank Katie for sharing this email way back in October. I apologize for not getting to it until now, but definitely want to get to it. It's good stuff. On December 5th of 2022, uh, Pink Snot released Comatose State. That's a single. That's what we're going to get into right now. We'll check it out. We'll see what you think. You can go check out Pink Snot. I like the name of the band. Uh, let's go. Here it is, Comatose State. This one. This death is it all just one in the same? Wake up, still asleep. What a wicked and comatose state. What's left of your blood dick to buy? What's left of my blood crucified? Just imagine the price you pay to make all our lives pure misery. Found out in the soup and tie. Turn in the news and you have some wine. Come 
Pink snot. Pink snot. Yeah. Well, that definitely didn't sound like any of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what you were expecting, huh? No, I, I figure that that is, uh, you know, when I think of pink snot, I figure what comes uh, dripping out of your nose after you snort some pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a you know angel dust that's pink. Nice. <laughs> really big in the 90s, I assume, <laughs> if that even existed. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Uh, once again, thank you, Katie, for sharing that. Uh, Comatose State was the single. Pink Snot came out in December. Great stuff. Go check them out. Next up, we're going to get into our pals from the NYC, Mad Mulligans. Thank you, Albie. I've uh, been meaning to get to this track uh, we played a couple tracks off of Punk and Ska, the Liberty or Death Records Volume 2. Mm-hmm. And this is another one of those tracks that came from there. So we're playing it now. So thank you again. I'll be getting it back on the radar. There's so many great tracks off of that release to play. And this one is cool, not just because it's Mad Mulligans, but it is an old song that the band used to do during uh, the craze demo days. It even kind of... You can hear it, or they'll say it on this uh, track. You'll hear it in just a moment. But that uh, compilation, again, it benefits a canine rescue in New Jersey. You can go check that out, Liberty or Death Records Bandcamp page. You can go support that there. We're going to check out another track from it, the Mad Mulligans track. Uh, they are going to be putting out more audio tracks in 2023, so definitely get out there and follow Mad Mulligans Let's play that track from the compilation that they put together, or that they were a part of, rather. Uh, Mad Mulligan's bringing us Soldier. It's called Soldier. The old Brooklyn Hits might have this on a crazy demo from way back when.
soldier. You heard it. That's soldier. Yeah, I heard it. And I got I gotta ask, are these guys selling out? Why? Well, because I gotta raise a uh, a practical question. Well, a practical uh, statement. They just didn't sound that mad. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the poor production quality on here that some of the feeling got lost in translation, but it just sounded like they were just getting a tad aggro. So maybe we just call them tad mad, Olgins. <laughs> uh, uh, what? Whatever, it sounded good. I really liked the. Uh, I really liked that infusion of the uh, ska the intro. It's just like, okay, let me see what's uh, what's going on here. I know these guys have something hiding, and yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and they're a typical caliber. They are raising up some very some very decent points. Some some of those socio political, especially uh, uh, revolving around the uh, the flawed um, military regime that we have going on in this uh, country, right? Yep, as, as long as that's a problem, someone's going to be pointing it out. Someone's going to be doing something to change that shit. So, Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Mad Mulligans, for preaching the good word. I agree. Thank you. Looking forward to what else or anything else that they're going to put out here in 2023. Speaking of 2023, the band The Wild Throats, they are from Valencia, Spain. Uh, I want to thank Gabriel for sharing with us uh, the band's music. The Wild Throats released Get Wild, which is an EP on March 31st, about a week prior to that, shared it to us. So it's been about three weeks or so and about two weeks or so-ish since it was released. Uh, they are Spanish punk rock band influenced by Stooges, Dead Boys, Radio Birdman, Sonics, Ramones. So all that classic early punk, even that early proto-punk, as some people might call it, uh, yeah, the shape of punk to come. Exactly. Before the shape of punk to come came out. <laughs> Before people knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, exactly. And more tracks coming this year. So uh, be on the lookout for more. I'll be playing something also from this band on Punk and Worldwide in the next couple episodes off of this release, but a different track off of Get Wild from the Wild Throats. We're going to check out This Fucking Life. So here it goes. Oh, 
fucking life. That's the Wild Throats. You know, you mentioned all those uh, old school punk bands from the 70s. However, there is a, the way that he was singing the certain inflections. It was reminding me of the song Police Truck by Dead Kennedys. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Just like if Jella Biafra had a deeper tone. That's what this guy sounded like. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I agree. I was thinking the same thing. This fucking life. Like, <laughs> ride, ride all night. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that sounds incredibly familiar. But, you know, some people uh, will do their damnedest to try and uh, imitate Jello Biafra. But he's got a very unique voice. You may not be able to copy it to a T, nor should you. <laughs> Right? Don't. <laughs> but this guy does a pretty good uh, uh, send-up to it. Right. Well, great stuff. Thank you, Gabriel, for sharing the music. Again, I'll be playing something over on Punk and World, Punkinoy Worldwide here for the next couple weeks. We're going to move on to, realistically, some more new music, but maybe some lesser-known bands, I suppose. Uh, the one I'm playing is coming up on a year old, but it's about 11 months. But Eric's playing something only about a month old. Yeah, only about a month. And... It- it's certainly pretty close to home. Actually, right. it's right at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yet another single to be released by our friends in Run Into the Sun. Yep, it is the song that has a... Ah, oh, man. You know, they do that thing where it's like the uh, full title is the A-side slash the B-side. Right. <laughs> the name of, uh, just the name of those. So uh, give me a second. I have the... I want to get the full title here. Try Hope. Yeah. Try and hope. Yep. Right. It was right in front of me. What am I doing? (laughs) Oh, God. I'm just going off of my uh, somewhat incomplete notes. But yes, (laughs) try and hope. And try features the vocal stylings of uh, Billy French, who has been uh, most notably in Sherem, along with some other projects. Uh, Probably the most recent uh, project he had was uh, Man Down. They released one EP back in 2019. Super old school, Grudge City style, hardcore it's a it's a brutal one. Nice. <laughs> Pretty good. And Cherum is a fucking brutal band as well. The fucking vegan hardcore straight edge giants of Salt Lake City. <laughs> and if you feel it guilty, go vegan. <sighs> like, Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I hear you, Billy. Please don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, they do. it's, it's super nice guys. Really great, really great performers and and yeah, the stalwarts of SLC. So that song is uh, really great. However, we won't be talking about that song. We'll be talking about the next one, Hope. And Hope actually features another uh, vocalist, and we'll get to that in just a second. But I like this song because it's a, uh, uh, you know, if you remember Running to the Sun, their singer Dan, Dan Fletcher, he's got these nice soaring melodic vocals. Uh, but in here, it's juxtaposed. juxtaposed to uh, their guitarist, Matt Mascarenas, uh, his little intonated guitar arpeggios. that Just to hear Dan singing over those is so, it's so weird, but it fits surprisingly. <laughs> uh, but it all comes to a head in the ending breakdown with none other, none, none other than Chuck from Snake Eyes, which is one of those newer hardcore bands. And Snake Eyes is pretty damn brutal. Not not as brutal as snuff tape. They probably hold the uh, hold the uh, standard on that because <laughs> oh man, do they just go hard? <laughs> anyway, yeah, Chuck comes in, throws down some growls on the like I said, the ending breakdown, and just sort of like uh, brings everything to a close. And it's pretty 
it's pretty well put together. So, so yeah, let's get into some some of the newest from Run Into the Sun. great sing-along, chant-along, yell-along, whatever you want to call it, moments in that song. Man, I, I don't know how they do it. Well, I kind of know how they do it. They're well-seasoned veterans of Salt Lake Hardcore, so they kind of have an idea of what clicks with people. So yeah, I got nothing but good things to say about Running to the Sun. They have yet to release a song that I absolutely despise, <laughs> and I just don't think that's going to be possible from them. Some bands just uh, strike gold many, many times, in my opinion, about these guys. So, so yeah, thank you, Dan and company, for uh, keeping the yeah for keeping the spirit alive, and also thank you for uh, clarification as to uh, certain uh, certain information. <laughs> That I needed with these songs. It was just a few things. I'm like, this. it's like uh, Hope featuring Snake Eyes. I'm like, 
wait, all of them or just Chuck? And he's like, yeah, it was just Chuck. All right, good. <laughs> good. So I'm on the right track. And also, what's the name of your guitarist? <laughs> it's like so many bands keep forming. I forget who's in what band. Nice. I'm like, is, uh, oh, man, is Ryan in that band? No, not Ryan. But what about Mike? He's in pretty much every band. Same thing with Trevor. Is he in your band? No, just Milk Money? All right. <laughs> so many people just old and new. It's fucking great. It's such an enriching culture. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. And Running to the Sun are, uh, are still representatives of it. And we are thankful. Excellent. Well, I've uh, got one more band. Another band that's shared with us. Then we're going to talk about some live shows. And then we'll be talking about and talking with at least half of Wake of Humanity. So uh, the band I've got is Fashion Kill. They are out of Cincinnati in Ohio. I want to thank Krusty for sharing the music. Uh, it was shared a long time ago, and it was actually released. Demo Their demo 2022 was released May 21st of 2022, and the email was way back then. I apologize. But we are getting to it now. Uh don't worry, email is still around. It's not <laughs> It's not become such a passe uh, mode of communication. Uh, you know, you can get a lot more done in an email, and a lot more said in an email than you can through Snapchat. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to, in reference to the email that I received, I'm going to say it was overlooked but not kicked to the curb. Uh, I overlooked a handful. I'm trying to get caught up on all of those. Here we are with one of them. Fashion Kill from Cincinnati's The Band. Uh, kind of an interlude, as it were, to what we're going to be doing after this. Fashion Kill is playing on April 27th at Comet Bar in Cincinnati, Ohio. They'll be playing with Aulnes, A-U-L-N-E-S. Uh, that's some sludge, heavy doom fast from Quebec. And then they'll be playing with World Sucks, which is fast, loud, and pissed off, an unrelenting and unapologetic thrash punk band. So. Nice. Uh, What'd you say? Fast, loud. Uh, <laughs> I did, is that, yeah, fast, loud, and pissed off. Who? <laughs> the band. The, oh, world the, sucks. Oh, world sucks. I thought that was the band name, Fast Loud. I'm like, well, it can't get more apt than that. <laughs> I was describing. I'm reading the description of the band in case you don't know. World sucks. As we're not playing World sucks or Alnis on this particular episode, but that's who Fashion Kill will be playing with at Comet Bar in Cincinnati. So there you go. We'll be talking more about some other live shows here in a moment. Let's get back to the music with the band Fashion Kill off of their demo 2022. Here's the track, Dull Boy. Tell me what 
Passion Kill. That's Doughboy. You know, I had a feeling it was going to be related to The Shining. <laughs> Although I have to say that the music does not accurately portray what the uh, what the movie or the novel is uh, <laughs> represent. Doesn't have the same feeling because we know The Shining. It's incredibly slow moving, right? And it's supposed to because you're supposed to feel trapped in that fucking uh, hotel with the with the family, and you're supposed to be frightened and everything. But this is just like no. This is kind of what the mind's thinking of when you're going you're going crazy, right? <laughs> I'll work and no play, make Jack a dull boy. Make Jack a dull boy. I'll work and no play, make Jack a dull boy. You're distracting me. (laughs) (laughs) I could go on about that, but yeah, that was cool. That was cool. (laughs) That was some cool shit. Uh, I'm looking forward to more from them. Great band. Uh, Great stuff there. Get out there. Check out Fashion Kill. And if you're going to be in Cincinnati, go see those uh, Fashion Kill and the other bands there playing with them. Eric, that brings us to some uh, live show portion of our show. Oh, yeah. You got to, did you go see any shows this past week? Oh, I did. I went to the uh, Brad Barker Benefit Show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a, oh, man, that was a great show. Like, all the performances were on point, and it was a pretty surreal event. Um, this consisted, this was consistent of a lot of uh, old heads coming into the uh, hardcore scene because Brad Barker, he was there since the uh, 90s, did a lot for those bands, um, you know, helping to get their name out there, helping to press their EPs and get their music known. And, you know, just offering so many like uh, pointers and, uh, and advice to just uh, keep all these bands afloat. And a lot of those guys um, played their sets in the form of those bands from the old days. Uh, Seven Daggers played a set as Waterfront. Well, not the entire band, but uh, Dan and Anthony Davis. They were both in that band together back in the '90s, as well as their uh, uh, as well as their guitarist. I think it was their guitarist, or uh, yeah, I can't remember. I think everybody <laughs> but the drummer was in Waterfront. Uh, don't quote me on that, but yeah. That was the first band to play was uh, technically Waterfront, and then switched out the members, and Seven Daggers did a set. Then Villain did the same thing. Now, uh, Villain, I don't remember which members, well, all of the members, (laughs) they certainly weren't, but their singer Trent and their guitarist Justin certainly were back back in the day in a band called Reality. And Reality's great. They only have a one EP to their uh, title. Everything uh, is, or no, Something Hurts. And yeah, just five songs of just uh, pummeling, thrash-oriented in certain aspects. Uh, Early 90s hardcore. It can't get much better than that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but Villain did it kind of backwards. Villain uh, started off playing uh, their set, and oh my God, that first song. It's a brand new one. That first song was just so... Oh, it was brutal. I was even talking to Jay afterwards, their uh, guitarist, and he's like, yeah, that's my new favorite villain song. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I can't wait for that shit to get actually released. (laughs) Oh, man, because I I was having a good time. Uh, So, yeah, villain put on a killer set, and then they ended with doing a uh, reality set. And then, something interesting, there was a band called Search, and despite having the longest songs had the shortest set. Really? <laughs> yeah. They're not a hardcore band. They're more of like a uh, an atmospheric kind of a, I, I don't want to necessarily say sludge, but more, I guess you could say doom metal. They're, they're slow metal. <laughs> Just, <laughs> we'll say that. They are a metal band. 
And I think they only played, uh, they only played like three songs. And this was like the only time they ever reunited. <laughs> well, I guess this is the only time uh, Reality and Waterfront reunited. But Search apparently was a white whale band. They were like, we're not sure if this is going to happen. <laughs> wow. uh, but leave it to, uh, I guess, cryptic as this sounds, I, I mean it in the best way possible. Leave it to the passing of such a seminal figure and friend to pretty much everybody to bring a band from <laughs> back from the dead, as it were. <laughs> oh, please excuse that pun. <laughs> uh, that was not intentional. The <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Search was uh, Search was pretty cool. The only member in their band that I recognized was Andy Patterson, and he was playing drums. And Andy Patterson is omnipresent. He's played in so many bands, <laughs> like in and outside of the Salt Lake hardcore scene. He has not only recorded so many bands in and out of this city, uh, but played with them as well. Like actually toured with them, was on albums with them. That man is a master class. <laughs> So, of course, he was on Search. <laughs> uh, anyway, Search was good. Uh, then uh, this was pretty interesting. Iceburn was to play next. And they actually brought back their old singer, who was with them in the early days when they were still, when before they got weird, experimental type <laughs> of uh, sort of uh, doomy sludge walk. They kind of just became Black Flag at that point. <laughs> Okay, not exactly like Black Flag, but you know how in Black Flag's like later career they got really weird and uh, inspirational. Greg Ging took a liking to a lot of Black Sabbath and a lot of psych rock and a lot of uh, just a lot of just taking Black Flag to just weird places, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still doing that, not with Black Flag, but with his own musical endeavors, like his solo stuff. And uh, it's not that great. <laughs> it's actually pretty fucking boring, but. Uh, but Iceburn is not boring. In fact, they are quite the opposite. They're almost too chaotic, <laughs> like sort of improvisational jazz mixed with <laughs> mixed with metallic hardcore. It's really bizarre. But they really sounds bizarre. But they brought back their old singer, who happens to also be the guitarist of Insight. Remember what I was saying earlier about how it's hard to keep track of who's who is in what band because yep. they're all interlinked. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, apparently that's that's been a, a common thing in uh, hardcore. And same thing with uh, same thing with Cherim. Apparently, there's been like maybe thirty members in that band. At least that's what Dad uh, told wow. me. I'm pretty sure he was exaggerating, but there has been a revolving door of band members, and yeah, including him. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Salt Lake hardcore is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, you compare it to uh, the stalwart bands like uh, Circle Jerks and Black Flag. They had the same drummers and uh, same, uh, well, also Descendants. Same drummers, same guitarist. Uh, right now, Stefan Egerton from the Descendants is play playing guitar in Flag, which consists of all the OG members of Black Flag. Bill Stevenson was also in Descendants. So, yeah, there's it's not uncommon. <laughs> uh, I'm getting off track here. Um uh, but Iceburn was a it was a cool uh, little mix of the old and the new, and then Insight was the one to uh, end it all. And oh man, they just kill it. They're awesome. It's just the they were like the saving grace of uh, youth crew in Salt Lake. Maybe saving grace isn't the uh, isn't the right term, but whatever. They were the they were the band. They were our Gorilla Biscuits. <laughs> 
You know, it was uh, music to all the uh, vegan straight edge kids to uh, skate to. Much like how Gorilla Biscuits is. And I guess to that extent, youth of today. But Gorilla Biscuits was easier to sing along to. And same thing with Insight. They had their, like, bashy moments. But they have their more soothing moments. Well, soothing (laughs) in the sense of hardcore. Like, it was a little softer, which isn't much. But you you could sing along to it easier. Okay. And, and yeah, and these guys, they are, uh, yeah, they're old. All of them are old. They had their, uh, they were around, you know, in the 90s, the early 90s, putting together uh, hardcore bands. They were like in their 20s back then, and now they're they're in their 50s now, most of them. And yeah, they still love doing what they're doing. <laughs> and some of their projects are are better than their old ones. I mean, for example, I prefer villain over reality. <laughs> and, uh, but maybe that's just because I wasn't around back then to really like get the full effect. Uh, but that's not to dog on reality. But we'll get more into uh, that next week. All right. Yeah. We'll have a, we will actually be having villain on for a conversation. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to those guys. But you'll hear it in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess two weeks. But we'll be interviewing them next week. Yes. So you guys will have to wait an extra week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm sure it's going to be a, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a very enriching interview. Right. I think we're going to be uh, maybe overloaded with info as we were with a uh, social stigma. Well, actually, we were more inf- overloaded with rhetoric as opposed to you know their band's history. Uh, but yeah, it made sense. Uh, but but yeah, villain. I interviewed them. Uh, God, what was it? Five years ago? Maybe even maybe even longer. Yeah, I think it was 2016. I interviewed those guys in October. And they were they were a relatively new band at that point. I interviewed them for Slug Magazine, and that was their localized piece. Okay. Yeah. So that was the last time I interviewed them, and so much has happened since then. <laughs> so it'll be great to catch up, as it were. Cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and yeah, that's uh, that's the only show that I uh, that I attended, and it was awesome. Excellent. Yeah, one show was enough to talk about. Anyway, mo- moving on from there, um, we have some shows that are coming up. We sure do. Yeah, we do. So, uh, yeah, I'll cover the local end uh, really quick. There's a uh, yeah, – let me see. On the, uh, on the 19th – well, I guess that's uh, technically tonight. It will be uh, Torena Witness Chamber, Absolved, Recidivist, and Portraits at Wild Pepper Pizza. Again, you uh, – well – if you're listening to it, you probably attended it, so I hope you had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on the uh, on the 21st, there are three shows happening. One is the iconic Ministry and the even more iconic Gary Newman. Wow. With Frontline Assembly, they'll be playing at the Union at 6.30 p.m. I don't know how much the uh, tickets are. I wager to say maybe 40 bucks, maybe 45 I don't know. Um However, I will not be attending that show. Much to my dismay, I would love to see Ministry again, especially at the Union, but I will be playing a show down in Provo with the Apathetics. Awesome. Yep, we will be playing with uh, Just for the Record and Damn Dirty Vultures. That will be at Platinum Music and Sports in Provo. Uh, It starts at 7 p.m., and it's going to be $10 a head. 
Or you can pose as my roadie, and I'll you know, get you in for free. <laughs> yeah, that's from Blake's mouth. You know, Blake is the uh, he's the basis for just for the record, and he's putting on this show. And I was asking him about the price and everything, and he's like, "It was like it was going to be free, but my dad wants to like uh, make some income from it because it's his dad's shop, right?" And and he said, "But if your friend is uh, short on cash, we could just sneak him in through the back, <laughs> kick ass. <laughs> so nice. I'll just have to do that." Anyway, also on the 21st at the Beehive is the Maximum Overwipe Tour. It's making it stop at Salt Lake. <laughs> I love the name of that. Maximum, maximum Overwipe. overwipe. Awesome. Uh, yeah, just look at the flyer. It's actually pretty hilarious. Um, uh, this will include some uh, even more bizarrely named bands like Steak Sauce Mustache. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're so weird. It's like a... Are you familiar with Horse the Band? I don't think so. It sounds familiar, so I bet you might have talked about them before, but otherwise, no, I'm well, not. Well, maybe so. They got a. They have a very distinct sound to them. They have a. They're industrial metal, but okay, not even really industrial. Their music is spliced together with the sounds of of video games, particularly Nintendo games. Okay. So it's like the really? background music will be like. It's like listening to the soundtrack for Doom, only actual guitars. All <laughs> it's right. such a God. They're so weird. Sounds uh, but, like it. And that's what a stakes off mustache. At least uh, the song that I heard reminds me of. But it's more digital. It sounds like computer noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And uh, and yeah. Then uh, on top of that, you'll have a uh, coming sore. Yeah, it's K O M I N G S O R. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I haven't done much research on them, but oh uh, god, this is like I said, they're pretty bizarre names. Uh, and on top of that, Skull Fucking Wolf Blitzer uh, at the Beehive, twelve dollars, and starts at uh, seven. Then on the twenty second, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try and make it to this one because there are two shows happening that night that I really want to attend. But first is Endless Struggles' uh, official LP release show. Now their album that came out it came out back in February on the digital platform, but they're releasing it on wax. So this is their actual vinyl release show. Uh, they will be playing with Goners UK, All Systems Fail, and Hi-Fi Murder. So many good bands that will be at Aces High Saloon. Cost fifteen dollars. Starts at eight p.m. However, there is another awesome uh, show going on on the 22nd at the Depot. And this will include Sacred Reich, Municipal Waste, and Carcass. Now, I feel like I am in need to attend this show because while I've seen Sacred Reich, I've seen Municipal Waste, but I always want to see them again because they're a fucking party. But I have not seen Carcass. And the last time they were here was when they were opening up for Amon Marth. And I was at another show that night. I was watching Enforced <laughs> over at Kilby, and I made it to that show just in time to see Amon and Marth. Missed all the openers, much to my dismay. But, yeah, there were openers that I had seen before, except for Carcass. So this is my redemption episode. <laughs> I will see this band, for, so help me God. <laughs> uh, moving on from there, uh, the last show is on the 24th, and that is a... Uh, yeah, that will be Snake Eyes, Ego Trip, Mummy, and Honor Code. That will be at your mom's house, cost $10, starts at 6 p.m., and will end no later than 10 p.m., because, you know, 
Uh, Spencer doesn't want to piss off the neighbors. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> they have an agreement. He, uh, he told me about that last time I booked a show there. So I was like, wait, the noise ordinances are 11 p.m. And it's New Year's Eve. You think they're really going to give a shit? It's like, eh, just make an effort to end at 10. I'll, I'll try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Anyway, that's all I got for the shows happening in the next uh, couple weeks. And, oh, okay, yes, I did have one more, actually, on the, uh, on the 28th. And... Yeah, then I'll cut it off at the 29th because I think we all know what's happening there. <laughs> By the 28th, there will be a benefit for Volunteers of America, and that's the, the Utah Youth Resource Center. That's going to be at the Beehive. Uh, they're suggesting a $12 donation, and that's going mm, to include snuff tape, portraits, mask, and reject. That'll be starting at 6 p.m. Awesome. So do your best to make it, uh, make it to that one as well. Cool. Well, I'm going to kick it off with, uh, I don't know if they found the drummer yet, but Aggressive is coming over from Germany. They need a drummer for the U.S. tour, which will be May 17th through 28th. It'll be in the Midwest, like Texas up to like Wisconsin, Minnesota, somewhere in that range. So if you're in any of those areas or willing to travel, Aggressive is fantastic. They're looking for drummers, so hit them up at Aggressive underscore Oi. Hey, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> I think opportunities are knocking. <laughs> right? They're awesome. You'll get to play some cool shows with some cool bands. Uh, I'm going to kick it off now with some shows. On Friday, April 21st, Bromier is coming over from Paris in France. They'll be playing some shows. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, I'm going to mention the one here on this flyer, April 21st at First Street Billiards in Los Angeles. They'll be playing with Hard Knocks, Slugger, Repeat Offender, Form Rank. Uh, again, that's the 21st, doors at 7, 18 with an ID, and head over to First Street Billiards. Uh, I believe they'll be doing their West Coast shows with Slugger. They'll also be doing a handful of East Coast shows as well, so go check that one out. On the 29th, Saturday the 29th, if you're not here in Salt Lake, but you're over there in New York City, we'll head over to Tompkins Square Park. You'll get to see Madball, Murphy's Law, Crown of Thorns, Vulture Raid, The Capturers, and Vespid. It's a benefit that will the proceeds will go to Ray's Candy Store. I'm sure that is a local uh, place to go check out donations 15 20 anything you can spare so because they're not selling tickets help out there that'll be on the 29th show starts at two and six so gotta love the matinees bring back the matinees that's going to be an outdoor gathering so hopefully the weather is going to be nice and warm there on the 29th here in Salt Lake at Aces High Saloon, Saturday, April 22nd $15 show it's going to be Endless Struggle doing the record release show They'll be playing, I think you mentioned this one, right? Garners UK and All Systems Fail, Hi-Fi Murder. Yep. Eric mentioned that already, but uh, <laughs> that record's cool record. Go check that out. Uh, some cool bands uh, that are going to be on that release. Montreal Oi Fest is coming the 28th and 29th, obviously, in Montreal. 806 Crew, Common Turn Sect, Outcast, Bromir, Reeks, The Prowlers, Ultrarazia, Violent Way, Bresh Rates, over the Hill and Alex Paquette, those are on the flyer. $35 uh, each day, I believe, or $60 for the weekend pass. Uh, go check that out. You can, at Common Turn underscore sect underscore official, they have more details as they're playing it. But go check out the other bands at LePointeDeVente.com uh, Le as well. 
Uh, you can go check that out. I've been looking forward to it. Won't be attending. Love to attend. Looks awesome. Last one I'm going to mention is Some Kind of Nightmare. Again, they're on tour, as we talked about on the last show. Like They're always on tour. Mm-hmm. They'll be in Melbourne, Florida, playing tonight. But uh, they'll be in Cape Coral, Florida, Bradenton, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, St. Augustine, Florida, Athens, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, and Montgomery, Alabama between now and April 30th. Uh, I will continue to mention more because their tour is long. Go check out Critical Thoughts. Uh, they just released that recently as well. That's all I've got. We're going to get into talking about the album and then interviews coming. So, Eric, kick it off for us. Well, before I do, there is actually one more show i got to plug. Okay. Uh, it's also on the 28th, and that is the General Violence Conference pre-show. Right. Yeah, they're going to be holding a, uh, you know... You know, a little prelude to what to for what to expect in the uh, following day. You know, the 29th of the actual festival. But this will include some, uh, you know, some sets from the bands Hungry Ass Youth, The Foilies, Bridge Dweller, No Ma'am, Dumpster Burner, Generation Y, and Bees Trigger. That'll be at Aces High Saloon. It should it'll be ten dollars. Starts at six p.m. You know, because a lot of bands, though, arguably with some short sets. Though so it'll be <laughs> awesome. You know, I'll. I'll see what I can uh, do to uh, split my time between those two shows as well. There's just, uh, why do they all have to fall on the same night? This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend. Yeah, the weekend. It's like, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm trying to book a show for Boss's Daughter, and on, the, on that day, July 20th, no venues are available. I've kind of exhausted all my options here, except for <laughs> two, and I know that they'd hate to play there, but... What are your alternatives, man? <laughs> if I could if I could use my house, I would, but we live under the landlords, so I don't think they'll be too keen. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of sucks. Maybe I'll find a house. I don't know. We're playing a shack somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh that's a different story. Anyway, yeah, we got a we have an interview coming up from the uh from two of the four, maybe five. They're not really clear on who's in the band at the <laughs> moment, but, uh, but we'll get into that. You'll understand what I mean. Uh, that'll be Wake of Humanity. Yeah, Wake of Humanity. We've been uh, meaning to interview them for uh, some time. Right. Actually, I've been meaning to interview them. Like uh, back in uh, 2020, I was uh, I went back and revisited their uh, uh, their At Capacity EP and from the at the time newest release, which was Fight Resist. Which uh, had come out in 2018, you know. But I wanted—I was like, "Damn, I forgot how good these guys are," you know. Maybe I should bring them on to the podcast and uh, just sort of see what's the what they've been up to. Are they still a band? Yeah, they're still a band. Uh, of course, no one's really doing anything right now in the band's circuit because COVID. You know, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute too. So I just put them on my list. It's like, yeah, I want to interview Wake of Humanity. And then when I saw that they were coming last year, I was like, oh. Damn. First, let me get on that bill. Second, hey guys, I noticed you're coming through. Been a while. You want to do an interview? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. But then their drummer uh, fucked up their rotator cuff and uh, rendered them incapacitated. So they that show did not happen. Ergo, the interview did not. Uh, so we had to postpone that. But they they made the promise, like, don't worry. 
when we come back through, we'll make sure that we're playing with you guys, and we will uh, make sure you get to interview us as well. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah, as soon as they got announced that they were playing a general violence conference, I was like, yes! Okay. And they actually hit me up saying, hey, we're coming back through. You still want to do the interview? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they twisted my arm, and I was like, okay, I submit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I was, I was hoping that... You know, I was thinking that I was going to have to reach out to them first, and I was like, oh, no, they, they actually remembered. Nice guys. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, been a long time coming, at least for me and, uh, and, for, and for them and just for, eh, for everybody in question. It was a long time coming, and now we finally have them. I'm ex- I was excited to talk to them, and this was probably the most seamless interview we've done recently. Like, we just hit every point, and it just right? flowed so naturally. I was like, yeah, we got we got through everything and it just felt natural. It was great. So so yeah, you'll definitely not definitely not an ounce of filler on this interview. <laughs> yeah, pretty long winded, uh, but that's also Yeah, that's fine because we're uh, taking a uh we're taking a leave of absence from talking about albums on this show. <laughs> So, so yeah, but we got something better. We'll basically be doing a great cover-to-cover album, which is their song, Fight Resist. Uh, their song, their album, <laughs> Fight Resist. As per request of, their, uh, of Chris, their singer, he said, yeah, if we want to ex- uh, spotlight any songs, I would say uh, Different Demons, and It's Still Not Enough. And I was like, oh, I was hoping you'd say that one. <laughs> that one, you'll hear me say on the interview, is the one that goes, in my opinion, the hardest on that album. And that album's full of a lot of bangers, a lot of uh, barn burners. They are crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, I need not say any more because we get, into a, we get into a lot of detail with that band, their music, their history, and and just everything that they are doing outside of music. Like, they're actually following up what they're preaching on the album right. with actions. And it's great. I'm like, if only more bands could follow in your footsteps, because that is important. True. Very important. Uh, like I said, we'll get into that a bit more. But for now, here is Wake of Humanity's song, It's Still Not Enough.
Wake of Humanity, and who should we have here with us via the Zoom call, but half of that band. We just have the humanity. The wake is absent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, of course, that sort of a remains to be seen. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Today's a pretty good day. Pretty good. I was in Oakland this morning, and I went to work for a three-hour strategic planning meeting, and now I'm here doing Wake of Humanity stuff, so... The good part of the day. Yeah. <laughs> the good part of the day. <laughs> well, will you guys uh, mind introducing yourselves and I guess your uh, alleged roles of the band? Uh, my name is NJ. I play drums. And I'm Chris and I sing. Yeah, it's the first time we've interviewed you on this uh, show. And and I got to say, you guys have been on like a uh, on like a sort of a list of mine. How I, how I do it is like I keep a catalog of all the, you know, for the punk cast, I want to talk about all these songs or talk about these albums and you know, what shows I want to plug, what new material is coming out that I want to plug. And then I have a little list of uh, bands I want to interview. And you guys have been on the list for a couple years now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we tried to do this last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then some things happened and we had to cancel our tour. I know. Oh, no. When I got hurt. Yeah. We yeah. canceled two tours. Oh, we've actually canceled four. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, I was thinking about the tour with Disavow, oh. so 2020. But yes, we canceled oh. the tour last year. Yeah, yeah, it was about a year ago. You guys were uh, scheduled to play here with uh, with my band, with Social Stigma, and with uh, I think Narc was also on that bill. Yeah, yeah, and that was gonna be such a fun show, but no, someone had to go and get injured. <laughs> yeah, some asshole had to rear end me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh damn! But I mean, you're back in commission now. Is that? Is anything else uh, going wrong with you? I'm still dealing with the shoulder injury, but mm. I can play drums again, so that yeah. that's what really matters. Yeah, I, I mean, we were probably on a well after the pandemic. We 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 did that, you know, schedule that show in Salt Lake, put together a whole tour, and then that happened, and then it was probably nine months before we started playing drums again. Yeah, it was it was a long time because the accident was a year ago, February, and. It just took a while for me to get back and where I could play drums without being in like excruciating pain. The last practice that we had before 
we decided to cancel the tour. It was so apparent that they couldn't. Yeah, I was. They, they I mean, they I could play trying, drums, but they were they were trying to, they were trying to fake it. Um, I, I was trying to power through it and like you know literally play through the pain. And I was like, if I go on this tour, I'm gonna do some damage. And well, like, plus, your doctor said no. My doctor, my doctor, like I talked to my <laughs> therapist and my doctor, and they were both like, you absolutely should not go. I'm I'm pretty active usually too. Like I'm a cyclist. I ride bikes every day. Like usually play drums and like it's been a rough recovery. But like we're gonna come out and make up that Salt Lake City show and it's gonna be pretty sick. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the yeah. You're one of the bands that I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, I've seen you guys twice before. Once at the old uh, Underground and another at the Beehive when you were touring with uh, Die Young. Those were both fun ones. The Underground was sick though. That. I don't know. For some reason, the underground show super sticks out in my head. Um, just because the place was packed, every band was was awesome, and um, that tour, I love that tour. So that tour, mm-hmm. well, that show specifically, we were still playing that Damnation AD cover. Oh yeah, that's right. And I remember like we were we were introing with that Damnation AD song, and I just remember seeing people just going off and like there's like the cutout in that song and like i'm pretty sure i heard somebody like break their hand on that cinder block wall Uh (laughs) i I had this super like visceral memory of like playing that song at in salt lake city and like hearing somebody's hand like make connection with somebody and i just like (laughs) my brain like i will never forget that show i will i always get really excited to go back to salt lake city i just i love being there and playing there i have a I don't think I have too many friends who are there anymore, but like the first tour I ever went on with a different band, the first tour I ever went on, period, we made it a point to go play in Salt Lake City. And that was also at the underground. Very, very excited to be back. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's sort of a, our rendition of an open air festival. <laughs> that's the um, um, general, violence, general violence conference is outside. Yeah. Like in open air. Okay. Yeah, it'll be outside. It's this uh, just this little lot that uh, uh, that Spencer and Tyler rented out. But it's gonna be. I feel it's gonna be an awesome show. I mean, I'm stoked that I'm stoked of like all the bands that are coming on. And also, since the last time you've been here, been a a lot of uh, new blood coming in, a lot of new kids coming in and checking out the scene. And and yeah, this is gonna be such a uh, a wide variety of different acts, like from hardcore bands to you know power violence bands, grind bands, and you know. It's, it's, set of metal bands it's a it's a smorgasbord and i'm excited for it yeah i mean that's one of the things that when when i started you know i was along the ride for you know watching the whole list of bands develop because you know i've been helping spencer out and he's been helping me out with a bunch of shows and stuff like that and then it's like watching it go it's like man this is a pretty eclectic roster of bands <laughs> it's all it's just like all different and all sick yeah they're still working on like the lineup you know they are trying to, you know, make it so we're not all the hardcore bands are lumped together and not all the grind bands are lumped together. It's like, no, we got to spread it out. We got to make sure that everybody's going to stick around for the majority yeah. of the festival. So, so yeah, the lineup, uh, I guess, remains to be seen. I think you get, I, I know you guys will be playing in the uh, later half of the fest because, like, all the locals will be playing first and then all the guys who uh, toured are going to be playing second. Yeah. That's uh, that's the word around the campfire, anyway. That's what I'm I'm getting from the uh, from the group chat. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> between all the all the weird memes and all the and all the tour stories. Yeah, I didn't. My well, like I said, I was in a three hour strategic planning meeting, and I just kept getting notifications and notifications. I think everybody was super stoked on like five ten grind and all their their runs. 
to yeah. and from that. There's a bunch of the same bands around those. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Like all the bands that are uh, touring together, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys are all playing the same fest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense if all these bands are on tour together. It makes sense for them to stop off in Salt Lake. Yeah. It's like what all those uh, big festivals do. At least that's what Punk Rock Bowling did uh, a few years ago when the Refused and the Hives were on tour together. And it's like Refused, they have played uh, Punk Rock Bowling, but they don't play it often because, you know, you got to fly them all the way out from Sweden. <laughs> but since right. those two Swedish bands were on tour in the U.S., it's like, hey, why don't you have your tour uh, come down here in Vegas and you play the fest? Eh? What do you say? <laughs> so yep. pretty good practice. Uh, so yeah, GBC, we already went, uh, we went into a pretty substantial detail of that a couple episode. episodes ago. Right yeah. Interviewing Tyler and Spencer. And uh, actually, no, that was just the two. I wanted to interview uh, Antonio from, uh, from Cancer Christ because he had a big, he was a, apparently a big help. But if if we were to interview everybody who had a hand in putting that festival together, that <laughs> that interview would have been a year long, six, long worth of content. It would have been a whole day's worth of uh, info. We'd we'd what? still be editing it. We would have had to start back in January to get them on all the episodes. Yeah, seriously. Uh, maybe next year. But we'll, <laughs> see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Well. Well. Yeah. That's a uh, GBC. But let's talk about you guys. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning. When did humanity awaken? <laughs> Humanity Awakened, it all started out in kind of 2014 or 2015, somewhat of a different lineup uh, that we have now. But um, yeah, about 2000, let's see, 2015 is when we played our first show. 2016 is when our first EP came out and we did our first couple tours. And um, yeah, we've been going strong ever since then. We had we had a couple issues with folks in the band. We had to had to kind of clean up a mess behind drums and get this one back there. So they've been around for um, since 2016. Let's see, after that, we had another guitar player change. Oh, we added their sibling on guitar. So when I first joined the band, it was just four piece with one guitar. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I kind of bullied them into letting my younger sibling join on second guitar. <laughs> and that lineup only worked out for like, one tour our first tour and that's the one that was at beehive yeah so that was like our first tour and like a couple shows after that and i think by like january 2017 we would have been back to a four piece with my younger brother on guitar and that's what the lineup has been pretty much since then we had we have a new bass bass player now but we only had two guitars for like a little bit yeah but i've been playing drums in the band pretty much like since the record the first record came out yeah yeah i think you guys only played like a small handful of shows before i joined the band we either did one northwest tour record release shows and maybe one show and maybe our first show on november 3rd no we did four shows only with you didn't do record release shows before i joined the band i played the record release oh. shows for the first record <laughs> see that's why there's two of us to <laughs> fact check <laughs> So yeah, so since since then, since we put out our first record in 2016, um, we've been pretty fortunate. Toured all over the world off of that, and then our other, our second record, the first record was at capacity, four song EP, and then we we had this weird kind of transition from two guitar players to to one guitar player. We were getting all that refined. We were like, well, let's put out another EP. So we put out the Grotesque Lie EP in 2016. And then during that, we were, we were, we like, we're pretty, we were pretty good at writing 
you know, as we practiced and stuff like that. So by June of 2018, we had enough material to record a full length um, fight resist. So we recorded that, put that out. That came out in uh, November of uh, 2018. And, um, and we toured off that a little bit into 2019 and then had member changes and people moving to different states. And I was finishing school. You were finishing school. We didn't have a, and then the pandemic. Yeah, we didn't have a, 2019 was a weird year. We played like maybe four shows. Nah, we played more than that because we went to Europe. I mean, I mean like four shows outside of that. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, since then the pandemic really screwed things up for us. We had two, we had a West coast and a Midwest tour scheduled um, for fight resist um, with this band from Sweden um, called disavow. Those were friends. We toured with them over in Europe. They were going to come out here and we had this tour all set up. And then that's when, that's when pandemic started. I, graduated in 2020 and then i moved oh, to portland so i've been in portland for two years yeah and so for the last two years we get we had a friend in portland filling in on bass and um then he just became our permanent bass player and it's been a little bit of a struggle having people in three different cities two different states but um this year we've already played twice as many shows as we played last year and last year we had a fill-in drummer um because <laughs> we at the point where we were getting asked oh, to play, right. yeah, we we got asked to play these shows, and we kept we kept having to say no, and then finally we got asked one, and we were just like we all talked about it, and we're like, yeah, let's try to get a fill in if our friend Chris can do it. So we did that, and that's good. That was good that we did that. But um, really, we're treating the shows that we just played in January as kind of our comeback shows. So right from all of that stuff, and yeah. so yeah, it's been a really wild ride. I mean, things were such a machine and so consistent for a minute, and then all of a sudden, you know, like with a lot of different endeavors in life the pandemic hit and everything was weird the, the fact that we're still a band at all is a miracle that's true yeah, yeah coming, so many coming up on a decade right now that's weird not quite but it's getting close <laughs> about seven years i mean if you think about hardcore bands or whatever the hell we are like i don't know that's a pretty long shelf life yeah. you know for a band in, the heavy, yeah. in the heavy music genre which is sick but we all talk about it we're just like we know we know every band has an expiration date, but we're not really putting one on this band right now. Everybody's lives have changed. Lives have changed significantly. People have gotten married. People have bought houses. You know the whole thing where people have careers and stuff like that. Um, but we've been able to um, maintain it, and like now we're writing new songs, and I think our new songs are as sick as ever. For me, they have a pretty high standard they have to reach because. I mean, pretty much everything you put out, I've, I've listened to it all. I love it all. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to brown nose or blow smoke up anyone's ass or anything like that. Maybe just a little. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I've, uh, like what you were saying about the different writing style, what with going from uh, two guitarists to one guitarist, I yeah. hear it. And it just sounds like such a seamless transition from, from going to at capacity to uh, fight resist. And it just feels so... Yeah, it's like you guys have uh, you have changed, but you stayed the same. That's what we say. I mean, yeah, that's what we, I mean, we we said that often. So we also like my younger sibling who plays guitar in the band. Jeremy and I have been playing music together since I was like 15 years old when I first started playing drums. Mm-hmm. Like, Fire Resist was the first music that we had written together in a while. Because our previous band, we just like faded out and just like we didn't get as much accomplished with that band as we wanted to but we were still writing those songs with our old bass player who was you know really good at writing riffs and arranging songs 
But now the songs that we're writing, it's pretty much Jeremy and I like arranging everything and writing all the riffs. And so I think it's like, you know, we're writing music for this band, but it's like, it's like our style and like, yeah, it's like the stuff that we want to hear, which I think is going to make it really, really, it's fun to play the two new songs for sure. Live are awesome. Yeah. They went over really well. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll, we'll play, we'll play two new songs. They're on our set that we're going to practice later on for uh, for Salt Lake and Boise. So hopefully they they stand up. I mean, pretty pretty much. I don't know, last two shows people moshed the whole time during those songs, and I'm like, oh, that's weird because I thought it was, I thought we were going to get that. Oh, here's some new songs that we're going to get the whole that thing. Yeah, where people just kind of stare at you, but <laughs> kind of made people move. Yeah, well, that's promising. <laughs> yeah, uh, you mentioned like it's uh, not so much the dynamics that change, but sort of the approach that's uh, that's changed with uh, songwriting, like uh, what you just said about you and your. And your sibling just kind of uh, working off of each other. How does that compare now to how it was going, uh, like in the previous two albums? Has the writing dynamics kind of changed? Yeah, they've changed a lot in the sense that, okay, for the first EP, uh, Mike, the the bass player, who's this was his whole idea. He wanted to do, he wanted to do a militant vegan straight edge band. He's neither militant nor straight edge anymore. But uh, I thought he, he's the last person in the world I thought would sell out. But why do you think people won't sell out? I don't know, beyond me, but whatever. So that was, he had these songs and he's like, I want to do this, you know, this type of band. And um, I want you to sing, here are the songs, you know, whatever. We've got a guitar player and a bass player. And um, that's kind of like, they gave me songs that were already written, already, already crafted. And so that's how that EP turned out. The second so about, EP. So real quick about At Capacity. Yeah. There's really been three versions of those songs. There was a versions that got recorded with a different lineup. Yeah, there was the versions that I learned to play live with Adam on one guitar, right? And then we had two guitars. Oh yeah, and then there were the ways we played them with just Jeremy and I. But we play them now. Yeah, yeah. There's different. I mean, they're all relatively the same, but we've even adapted. We'll play some of those songs too, or at least one of them, and we've kind of adapted it more towards the style we were striving for. So, and that that the style kind of, or the 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 the, the nuances and the changes. Um, that you that you mentioned earlier. I mean, they definitely are intentional. But so that record's a whole like amalgamation of all those three those three iterations that 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 MJ just um, talked about. And then grotesque lie um, was interesting. That was a process where someone would bring a riff to the practice space, and we were in the in two thousand the end of two thousand sixteen and two thousand seventeen. We were in our practice space every weekend. Um, Jeremy and MJ lived in in Port Orchard, um, which is over the water like, past Bremer. It's like across the Puget Sound from Seattle, no. but you have to take a ferry over yeah. to downtown. So we were taking the ferry over with all of our gear like every single weekend. Yeah, staying at my house. We'd practice all weekend, barbecue at my house and stuff like that. It was fun. It was a good process, but it made us really tight. And I think tight musically and, and pretty pretty tight friendship-wise. And we were um, just like exploring different sounds on yeah. those songs. Yeah, and the Grotesque Lie songs were like really it was just us you know, coming up with um, someone would bring bring a riff and then we would put the songs together. And it, it's funny because between the two guitar players we had at the time, um, the ba- I mean, the bass player and the guitar player, one of them was really good at writing songs and the other one was good at writing riffs. That was cool. But then one thing that was lacking a lot, a lot of time was transition, good transitions. So I think a lot of those older songs are just like riff soup, and just like parts and parts and parts, whereas Fight Resist, when it was Mike, 
Jeremy and MJ and my, I contribute a little bit. I mean, I'm like, this song needs to go like, I mean, I know what you're going to talk about. I mean, yeah. Like what Chris was saying about like writing the grotesque lie seven inch versus now, like we wrote those songs with like, you know, we were a five piece yeah. with two guitars and then the original guitar player quit the band before we recorded that seven inch. Oh, so right. we pretty much had to rework those songs to fit, a four to fit like a four piece. And that was actually really difficult because Jeremy and I didn't really write those songs in terms of like transitions and stuff or like layouts. So it was kind of difficult to like make those songs like come together the way that we wanted them to. And I even still think we might like rewrite one of those in the future as a four piece, just because the songs are like the, the subject matter is really good. And then we have like what Chris kind of touched on when we wrote fight resist, we were really trying to just make cohesive songs that like a cohesive record. A cohesive too. record I think it too. flows from front to end. And just like making those songs, like, like the way that I like write music is just like bring a riff and build a song mm-hmm. around that instead of like, melding different parts together like it needs to be cohesive so i think we got a lot of good like we we were we worked really we worked really hard on that record we did like we were working on it for a year and a half at least and also like playing shows and dealing with life stuff but i think like going with that experience to writing music now like jeremy and i like like i said we've been playing music together for most of our lives like it's just like we have a really good flow between Jeremy and I. And Jeremy is primarily a bass player. Jeremy didn't play guitar in bands until he joined this band. And, you know, so now like like I've even brought some riffs to the table because I play guitar enough to like write riffs and stuff. And I'll usually like play a riff and show it to Jeremy. And then Jeremy will just take it and make it like even better. So I think I wrote one of the like a couple things on guitar for one of the new songs we're playing live now. And then we have a couple that we're still writing that I pretty much wrote the instruments for and did like the arrangements on. So being able to do that is really cool. And just like, like I'm a multi-instrumentalist, like I play bass and guitar and stuff too. Not really in bands really, because I prefer playing drums and like everybody needs a drummer. But, you know, I'm excited to like write another like really cohesive record that kind of like just blends all of the sounds that we you know, all the music that we all like, like the kind of stuff that like we kind of all pretty much everything that we like touched on in Fight Resist, we're just going to like take all of that stuff and just do even more with it. Yeah. And I love that approach that uh, bands have with, uh, you know, constructing uh, LPs and uh, and also EPs is like you got to have like a, a, a common flow going through there, especially with, uh, you know, hardcore and metal bands or any adjacent bands to that front. It's like, you know, you can only do so much with, uh, you know, build up, fast part, break down, repeat. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think doing an LP as a hardcore band is like a difficult feat because, you know, it can get kind of formulaic. Like there's formulas that work and like we definitely do that. Like, you know, sometimes we'll just, you know, borrow part of a riff from another band because it works and then just like make it our own. But I think we like... We do that? Yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> We were just talking about that in we our group chat, earlier. Group chat yesterday. I think, like, for me, it's, like, I, I like a lot of hardcore. Like, I pretty much grew up listening to hardcore and punk, but now I'm way into, like, you know, more doom metal and death metal and, like, shoegaze and stuff like that. And, like, records that have, like, you know, it's more of a journey from start to finish and a record flows all the way through. It's almost like you're not even listening to different tracks. You know, it's really awesome. And I think that's kind of my goal when Wake of Humanity does another like proper LP eventually is to have it be like 
very concise and cohesive, but also still like a hardcore record, um, yeah. which is hard to do. But like, if we I'm did it on Fight Resist, I think I, I love the way Fight Resist flows. I love the way we place the songs together. You know, starting out just raging like hell, and then like kind of, kind of just like slowing down towards the end with a couple slow, slow burners. I think, well, I guess to what end is kind of a, a rager, but, um, but I just, I, I love the way all of that fit together. I actually wanted a couple more songs on that record, but we kind of, we, yeah, we kind of just wanted to record a record. Like I wanted at least two more on there, but I don't, I don't want to say we rushed to that LP cause we didn't, but like, we really wanted to have kind of like a full 10 songs or like we had a couple more ideas that we were working yeah. on. And then it just got to be crunch time to like get that record recorded. And then I think we went to, or we had like a tour that summer mm -hmm. or we were like getting ready to go to Europe again or something. But we we were kind of on a time constraint and we were all really busy with stuff. So I think now that we just like have slowed down as a band and kind of in our personal lives too, like we're just going to take way more time with the next record. You yeah. Know? And I think, and I don't think it'll take as long as that record to write because we're kind of on our way on our way. I think we're putting out an EP that we wanted to put out over the pandemic, but we just couldn't get our shit together collectively and individually. I think just because we were all over the place. But I think we're the idea now is to put out this distress signal EP and then start writing a full length. And so. we, we have like a we have a kind of a concept idea for the full length that we won't say too much about now, but I don't even know if you're talking about Yeah, you about. do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you later and you're gonna be like, oh. Yeah. But yeah, another EP is definitely in the cards because we just like we wanted to get something released over the pandemic. And like in 2020, when we had those tours canceled, we were like, well, let's try to put out a record. And it just didn't come together. But sooner than later, hopefully. Yeah, I hope we record by the end of the summer, actually, which yeah. is probably doable. I mean, I've been I've been living in Portland and like dealing with this injury and, you know, work troubles and stuff. So I'm planning on moving back to Tacoma soon, and then we'll just be closer, and we'll be able to work on music more often. Closer, you'll be downstairs. Oh, yeah, I'll be down, I'm probably moving in with Chris, so I'll be downstairs. <laughs> that is Chris, definitely is gonna be, Chris is going to be my landlord. Yeah, that's right. The rent's due, motherfucker. <laughs> Keep you chained to the drum set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll pay your fucking woe dues. It's like it's the difference between you and uh, I guess it's uh, Rockefeller, the the drummer for Queen uh, Queensrÿche. Oh, he had the chains draped all over his drums. It's like, yeah, it's like that. Except I'm actually attached to them. <laughs> we should do that. We should put chains all over the drum set. <laughs> we should put we should yeah. put ferns and stuff and like plants oh, yeah. all over it. Yeah, bring a fucking trailer full of fucking sword ferns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't do that. Gate gate. Um, Trigger yeah, does the fucking chains and skulls thing. Well, I think we uh, covered most of uh, the musical aspect, but uh, what about the lyrical aspect? Where is all that inspiration uh, coming from? I remember you guys were on Facebook. You were self-proclaimed as uh, Washington Environ Metal at a time. I don't know if that's well, still the thing. So that term, Environ Metal, came from my friend Dylan, who booked our... I think he helped us book that show at the Underground played in a band called Fever Dreams from Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. Dylan put, like, Seattle environmental on a flyer. So that's where, that's where that term came from. Is that what we said? I didn't know that was on there. Yeah. I mean, it must I'll, be. Dig, I'll dig it up at some okay. point. Yeah. The lyrical content, I'll leave that to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, you helped out. You I, helped out. I help you with lyrics sometimes yeah, yeah. and, like, vocal arrangements yeah. sometimes. Yeah. 
yeah, in terms of lyrical content, that's kind of all you. Yeah. Well, you, what do you want to know? You guys cover a pretty, uh, pretty wide array of subjects, like, uh, you know, kind of going the Gojira route, talking about uh, nature and how it's sort of like uh, deteriorating as a result of humankind's uh, mistreatment of it. And yeah, Shadow of a Grotesque Lie is all about, uh, you know, what is it, sexual abuse? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and yeah, almost everything on Fight Resist was uh, it was socio political. You guys had a lot to say on that one. So um, oh yeah, we could start by talking about how you and I like officially met and how I joined the band. You want me to take that really quick? But how does that have to, anything to do with the lyrics? Because we met at a fucking Drop Dead show. We are... Drop Dead's the reason that I went vegan and we're a vegan band, Chris. <laughs> Never mind. Sure. We met at a Drop Dead, show and I thought that was sick because the first thing Chris asked me he was like, oh. He was like talking about needing a drum. I was like, oh, I play drums. And he was like, oh, are you vegan? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, are you straight edge? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, well, we're a vegan band. Like we, that's what we sing, like what's what I talk about. So you'd have to be vegan to play in a band. I was like, playing in a vegan band would be awesome. It's just an extension of what I believe. So anyway, maybe that's not relevant, but I thought it was. <laughs> no, it is. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's and, a good precursor <laughs> to it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so lyrical content. Yeah, I mean, one of the things when I talk about this, I always kind of laugh at the um, one Hard Times article um, that came out a few years ago that's uh, all about vegan straight edge band um, runs out of lyrical content after after two songs or something like that. And so it's like I've been in these fucking uh, agenda based bands all my life. And so it's like we always have some sort of of agenda based band. Yeah. Like um, not a political band, an agenda-based band. Yeah, yeah. Well, like <laughs> agenda-based being vegan or being straight edge or whatever. So it's like I'm used to having to deal with, oh, fuck. Like I can't I can't write this song again. Or how do I write this song again? Like with some of our songs, at capacity, the song at capacity, we have on Fight Resist, we have a follow-up song to that. I don't talk about that too much, but um, Bled Dry is basically the follow-up to that song. And we borrowed parts of At Capacity and very close lyrics to that, um, especially in the two different breakdowns. I don't know. No one I've ever talked to has made that connection or, or has said, hey, is this similar to that? But, like, there's literally, like, the, the breakdown is almost the same words, but they're, they're they're a little bit different. We twisted them up a little bit and bled dry to fit the mosh parts of that song a little bit better but anyway so yeah a lot of a lot of environmental stuff to me that's near and dear to my heart i've made a whole career and i was working with the environment and stuff like that i work for a nonprofit that does environmental restoration so a lot of this is i'm speaking from firsthand lived experience dealing with environmental degradation um, restoring forests restoring fish and wildlife habitat you know working on stormwater management and flooding and and stuff like that and um, the thing that i've got to say about our lyrical content is that you know we're not just a band that's out there posturing talking about a bunch of shit because earth crisis talked about it or because that's what we want to be it's like all of us do this stuff that we're doing like we all are super active in our communities um everyone in this band has come out to the um community-based volunteer events that that i put together and you know they've all uh um, helped plant trees and um, restore the environment and build rain gardens and stuff like that so that's one of the things that i think pretty much everybody that's been in this band has come out and and helped with us in that uh, regard. And so I think it just makes the lyrical content that more relevant and that more, that much more strong, that stronger, I guess. Um, But anyway, yeah. So a lot of environmental stuff. Um, Sometimes I'll I'll talk about um, specific topics or issues that are going on. 
at capacity. I think I talked about a lot of different stuff on that record, but um, you know, WA WA 106F is about a alpha female wolf that was murdered just like 35 miles from where we live, you know, state sanctioned money to kill a wolf that was a a problem to a rancher and um and eventually that whole pack that she was um part of, the Profanity Peak pack got wiped out. So you know, a lot of environmental, um, lyrical content and then grotesque lie, obviously are within is a song that's rants about, um, the hypocrisy and religion, organized religion and all of that. And then, um, living in the shadow of a grotesque lie obviously is about, it's about a, um, sexual assault incident that took place by a certain individual in our old city in Seattle. And it can be applied to pretty much any person, any scene, any state and whatnot. And um, so that song kind of fell off the docket in terms of us playing it live. And one of the, we recently realized, oh man, we need to, we need to revitalize this song just because the content is so important. Yeah. And then when we got to, when we got to fight resist, you know, um, it's kind of the same thing for me. I was just like, you know, I have a collection of songs and lyrics that I work on all the time. Some of them are, you know, totally relevant to what we talk about in Wake of Humanity, and some of them are just whatever. And so, like a lot of those songs, they range from environmental stuff, vegan stuff, to super personal stuff, mental health related stuff, and then just kind of like, like asking ourselves, what the fuck are we doing as a human race, you know? And so, I kind of like the way that that whole record flows because it starts off with like, you know, like the tenacity of um, New Storm, and then goes into, you know, to what end? It's kind of like. Those are really good bookends for the record. Yeah, I think I think they I think they really are. But are there any songs or lyrics in particular that you wanted insight to that you were thinking of or that that, that you've been like, how oh, what the hell are they talking about on this? <laughs> well, I mean, the one that yeah, the one that I was most interested in was a uh, grotesque lie, just because that was such a, a aside from it being a you know a standalone uh, single song. Yeah, just the. Uh, uh, the content is what stood out to me. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. like uh, picking people's brains about a song like that. Yeah, and that song, to me, that was always a song that was near and dear because it was a very difficult song to play because it is about a former friend and somebody that um, I was involved in an accountability process with. And in the middle of the accountability process, it was a year-long process. It was extremely difficult. And this motherfucker ended up raping somebody in the middle of the accountability plot process that he was going through for fucking sexual assault. And so that's how that song came about. It's, it's just wild how that whole incident and that whole example, you just see happening over and over and not just hardcore, but in the metal scene and whatever. And it's just like, you know, we tried to do something, you know, to change whatever was going on. We realized when we were working with this person that we were way in over our heads and this person is, you know, they're not going to change. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want them going out and doing the same shit, but eventually they got run out of town. They got run out of the next town they went to, and then they went back to wherever they came from, from what I hear. But anyway, that whole song is just like, it's something that touches a lot of people. And, you know, at the time, I don't think there's a ton of people talking about that kind of stuff. But if you think about you think about the statistics and whatnot with sexual assault and domestic violence, we want to do that. But also with that song, what we wanted to do is like, okay, if we're going to be singing about this, this subject, we need to give back to the community. So one of the things that all of the merch that we still have um, from that um, EP, we kept printing it. We uh, we have been donating proceeds or funds from from those sales to um, the King County Sexual Assault Resource Center. 
So it's like, we're not just up here posturing. We're not just up here singing about this, um, but we're actually doing something in our community to um, take our privilege and our ability to have a mic in our hand and instruments and make a song about it and then try to help instead of hinder. When I think, I think when you talk about that song live, you talk about like, we haven't played it in a while, but usually you talk about like dedicating that song to like victims of sexual violence and sexual assault, like survivors. Mm -hmm. And like that song's really like, it's a really angry song. It's really like, oh, yeah. you know, it's really, it's really, really targeted at like a specific situation and like a specific perpetrator. Yeah. But for me, like the lyric at the end is like, it, the lyric at the end is it's not a secret anymore. And for me, that's less about like getting accountability or like, you know, holding a perpetrator accountable, but it's about like the power that comes with the victims being able to speak up. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what that song is about and about supporting people through that process. Because on one hand, you have victims of sexual violence who typically are not straight cis men, it's typically women, and, you know, needing to empower people to speak up about these things, but also wanting to find ways to hold people accountable and change the culture around like rape culture and like changing the systemic things that lead people to think that kind of stuff is okay or to just not be educated about mm -hmm. consent and things like that. And we also have like a zine at our merch table for the longest time called Learning Good Consent because that's where it starts. That so song is like not just about, you know, a really specific situation with a perpetrator, but it's about like supporting victims in that situation. And you, you were really, you're usually really good about talking about that live too. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're a little bit wound up about that. But one. that's that's my perspective on that song. And it's, yeah. it's a difficult one to play live. It's really emotional, but I think we're going to rework it at some point. Yeah. It's loaded material, but, you know, it, and it should be because that's such a sensitive subject. It is. It is. And sometimes I'd be afraid. And I, would, I don't know if I was afraid to, or just like since I was so tied to the whole, the whole situation that. I don't know. Sometimes it was it was difficult for me to talk about. Sometimes it was difficult for me to name the perpetrator. And so one day I was talking about it and they said, who, who is it? And then I said, or somebody, when we were, we were playing, I remember that. And somebody, you were talking about it. And then one of your friends was like, what's his fucking name? Yeah. And so, and then Chris said the, the guy's name. Yeah. And I think it was at that show that we had a lot of people coming up to us and telling us how important it was that we were talking about that kind of stuff. And yeah. Every time we play that song and talk about it, it yeah. you know, people come up to us and say like, thank you for talking about that. Most bands full of, you know, people that look like you are not talking about this stuff. Yeah. So I can say this every show we've played, I've had somebody come up to me and say, and kind of thank me, tell me their story. Some, I'm getting chills because I'm remembering a specific incident where mm. I was spitting blood all over your bass drum in a basement in Portland where someone um, came up to me and told me their story. And then they like literally cried on my shoulder. And I was just like, fuck, this is heavy. This is real. This is fucking real. And the connection was real. And that makes me, as a cisgender white dude, it makes me feel as though... I'm being part of the solution as opposed to part of the fucking problem. And so, yeah, God damn loaded question. You know, like all those emotions that I get when we play that song. And it's like, sometimes I just lose my fucking mind during that song. I think we all do. I, mean, I don't know. I, I Lots of like punching symbols and microphones and faces and uh, stuff like that. Which, and this is the other, the other thing I think you were kind of alluding to this too, that it's so funny where you have a subject and a topic like that. And, and, and then just such a fucking aggressive it's song. Like, it's like, it's so it's pissed like off. It's such a violent song. And like, 
it's it's a really heavy song but then it's about something that like requires like tenderness and like patience to deal with so it's like those two things can and need to simultaneously exist yeah and we always try to recognize i always try to recognize that yeah we are a bunch of dudes up here playing this song and we do recognize that it's pretty hypocritical that we're playing the super violent music you know with this content of violence lyric you know the lyrics but it's just it's just odd because like that song makes people mosh really fucking hard and it's like it's like also like i've been at shows where like somebody who was not a cis man or a woman or a trans person or whatever was talking about that shit and people would heckle them and tell them to shut the fuck up yeah so it's like yeah we're gonna use our privilege and like being up on that stage to like break that stuff down literally and metaphorically. <laughs> yeah yo we we got heckled for that. Remember that at um, Lo-Fi. Yeah, we got heckled for talking about that song once. They said, "Shut up and play." Yeah, and I said, "What? You want the microphone, motherfucker?" Yeah, yeah. You were like, "What? You want the microphone?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, even we get heckled for that stuff, but like, not too often though. Yeah, it's it's important to talk about for sure. We could ramble about it for yeah, ever, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to make us go rewrite that song downstairs in a minute. Probably. <laughs> well, there we go. There's some uh, there's some push for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of songs from uh, uh, Fight Resist that I, you know, that I really uh, just kind of wanted to get more on just because of how okay. uh, well, sort of aggressive they were. At least this one. It's still not enough. Yeah. Like that one just that one just fires hard for me. I'm like, what is it that's so that's getting you so pissed off with that one? Yeah, that's our collective like favorite song. Yeah, I think for so. A lot of reasons. Yeah, for I think for a ton of reasons. See, so that song, lyrical content, I mean, that's all about class struggle. That's all about, you know, being an activist. You know, it's all about that whole trying to do as much as you can do, but always feeling like like you never can do enough. Yeah, whether it's money or like political activism or in even personal relationships to like, yeah, I think with class struggle and like under capitalism, like nothing you do is ever truly, truly feels like enough. Mm-hmm. And that term like can kind of go and apply to so many things. Right. And I think for, for me, when I think about that song, it's like, you know, my sibling has worked pretty much like physical labor jobs their whole life. I've been working since I was like 16. You know, I worked full time, 50 plus hours a week while going to school full time to get myself through school. A lot I mean, of we're still all poor. We're still, yeah, I'm still fucking I mean, poor. Like we're all like have privilege, but we're still poor. And like, you know, a lot of people just don't want to have those conversations and also don't want to support people who have even less than them. Right. And then people who also have a lot of privilege or a lot of money and economic privilege or political power, like who try to make, you know, bridge gaps with like people who have less power and less privilege, like often try sometimes try and often fail at it. That's kind of what comes up with that song for me in terms of like lyrical content. And that's one of those songs that we worked, you you provided kind of the basis for that song in terms of lyrics. And then I, and must, I you, you you provided some of them. I mean, there's some lines in there. Yeah, I mean, my favorite line in that song was, I think, written by you. Which line? I don't know. I, I got to remember it. That's the problem. Now I'm, now I'm like saying <laughs> things that I can't remember my own freaking, my own songs. Um, but yeah, I think that song... I don't know. I think it's like kind of a, and that's, oh, the other thing about that song is that's kind of cool because it's the one song where we like, we were messing around with like D beats and stuff like that. And some of our other songs, we were going to put a, we were going to put a thrash part originally in this song within, and we were all joking around. And I was like, fucking throw a D beat in there. Cause we all love tragedy. We all love from ashes rise. Wolf brigades, one of my favorite bands. And so it's like, but I never thought about, I never thought about like infusing that into wake. And like, I was literally joking 
when we were writing that song, I'm like, yo, throw a D beat in there instead of. And I was like, no, no. I was like, no, just like D beat part, and then like yeah. heavy ass breakdown at the end. So into, into like a melodic kind of like calmer like play on like that fast riff yeah because like my favorite bands are like cross bands and also like really heavy hardcore bands so when we wrote that song i was kind of thinking what if you gave it like a tragedy from ashes rise like kind of melodic cross hardcore part and then put like a heavy ass almost like breakdown like integrity type breakdown or like kind of leaning towards metalcore a little bit i don't know that's kind of like what i like want to do with this band and i think that song brings all that out and the yeah. lyrics tour is just like you know just very like upfront about like can't make rent yeah no food to eat literally that's kind of what i'm dealing with right now like i don't have any fucking food at home and i can barely pay my rent yeah. it's just like it's just like that's real and everybody can relate to that i think yeah god i know i can <laughs> yeah 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 okay uh, yeah one more song i wanted to uh, uh pick your brains about was uh alone and broken yeah i mean i I guess the title kind of uh, speaks for itself, but you know, I want to hear it from the uh, horse's mouth, as it were. So Alone and Broken is kind of a my knee-jerk reaction to somebody telling me that um, I was too old to be straight edge. And, you know, I claimed edge a little bit later on in my life. And, yeah, I was, you know, I'd go through these bouts of sobriety, and then I'd have these insane relapses, and then I'd go through bouts of sobriety. But anyway... I, I knew, like, for me, I came to a point in my life where I had to make a decision. Like, I, I was questioning whether or not I could be sober, you know, for the rest of my life. And I really wanted to. I had written, you know, these kind of lyrics about that. Yeah, so said individual, I'm not going to name names or anything on this one. But they were just like, they they were saying all kinds of weird shit. And so that was kind of my rebuttal to um to all of that. And it's kind of a testament to how I needed to make this decision to um, to claim edge in order to kind of maintain my sobriety because I'm really good once I make commitments to something and so that's something I really wanted to do in my life I didn't want to I didn't want to mess around with like substance abuse and stuff like that because I saw it destroying people around me I see it destroying family members to this day and so it's um yeah that's kind of what that song what that song messes with it's basically a big fuck you to someone telling me I couldn't do what I wanted to do with my life. And it's like people hassle when people hassle you for being straight edge. It's like I've been straight edge since I was thirteen and I'm about to be twenty nine. Just don't hassle me about it. It's my it's my choice. Yeah. My lifestyle at this point. Yeah. Like it's kinda immature to like question somebody's choices, especially if it's a choice that like only betters their life. And that's kinda that's my take on it. Yeah. Well, that's deep, man. <laughs> that's the the one straight edge song. Like, I, I never was gonna write any straight edge songs. I think I even say that in the lyric. We talked about not writing straight edge songs, and then we just decided to write one. Yeah, and I was just like, "Yo, I've got this idea. This is what this is about." And we're just like, "Okay, let's go for it." I don't remember which episode it was, but it was an episode a long time ago. I was talking about this uh, band. I think it was Orthodox. Yeah, Orthodox mm-hmm. Straight Edge, the fold name. And I was like, so uh, when you uh, form a straight edge band, do you have to sign a contract? It's in <laughs> order to in order to earn the X's that bookend your name. And in the contract, in the fine print, you have to write at least one straight edge anthem, and you have to yeah. write at least one fuck you drinking anthem. Yeah, that's just sort of a weird little uh, weird little quip. Not exactly important, but what is important <laughs> is you uh, you guys were mentioning some of the. Uh, some of the new stuff you're having uh, planned in the uh, future. You talked about uh, recording an EP and eventual uh, 
LP, uh, of which the concept is still more or less under wraps. But yeah, uh, what else have you guys got planned? Like, uh, what's else in the, sort of the uh, in the, the near future for you guys? We don't have any other shows booked. Yeah, we don't. Well, there's a bunch on on. We got some on the docket. Yeah, there's a bunch on in my phone that I got to talk to folks about. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of. Well, I told you the other day. I was thinking about like I'm trying to do near the end of the summer some some type of west coast type tour thing that would probably involve would hopefully involve salt lake also but i think um i think one of the biggest things is just kind of getting our feedback on the ground and start playing a little bit more consistently with 2023 my goal was to play at least one show a month and we've kind of not done that yet but for one reason or another i mean living you know people in three different cities two different states 12 different bands I think things will become a little bit easier once you move to Tacoma, where we can do this on a regular basis, because we're literally eking out like one practice a month. Yeah, I I think we're just going to try to write a bunch. And like we got like a small handful of other new songs that are like in their in their beginning stages. I, I play guitar at home often and just write riffs or little ideas that could be made into something cool, I think. So, yeah, it's just going to be like kind of getting our getting our feet back under us and probably playing some local shows like in Tacoma if I move back or kind of play some Portland shows um, and just like kind of establish ourselves as a band again. Yeah. Well, I was concerned that when we played the, the two shows we played in January in Seattle and in Portland, uh, one of the concerns I had is that like, man, we've been off people's radar for so long, but like both of those shows were so different. Like it seemed like the, the scene had changed dramatically Absolutely. with, with COVID, like after COVID, it just seems like there were a ton more kids and just like totally fucking that, into it. That's the thing is like, since pandemic, the last show we played before the pandemic was in Portland. Mm-hmm. Like in, it was like early March, 2020. March and then the whole scene has this whole new, like, almost just like revitalization of people that were just like starved for music and live music and creating stuff during the pandemic. And then like, for some reason, like all these new, like young kids are just like super into hardcore and cross yeah. and grind stuff now. So I think that's like, that was really cool about playing our, like, like our comeback shows. Even the Portland one was like, I had a bunch of new friends down there who came out. There was a bunch of kids who came out who like had never seen us before. And same with our show in Seattle at the Cherry Pit. It made me feel old, and I'm not even 30 yet. I was like, it's like <laughs> these kids are like, it's like high school kids. Like it yeah. was, it was cool. So I think like you know, just trying to play some different types of shows and just like I don't know that like the music scene is so different now. And like Tacoma's like really on the map. Like some of the people that have been like putting Tacoma on the map for like years now and doing like all the work to keep Tacoma like a destination. It's like really, really paying off. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool to see as well, especially Tacoma just being this kind of like, you know, it's a lot different now, but typically just kind of sleepy, sleepy like, working class, sleepy, city. like working class city. But then you have like a hardcore fest, like just another gig that's like sold out all two days. And it's just like packed. And there's just like all this energy. Yeah. And there's like so many good new local bands. Like, I don't know, just like just lists off a list of like local bands that I want to play with, like. Force Torment, Slow End, Insecure, Izo, Spur. I don't know. There's like so many good bands in like the Tacoma area now. And just like, I don't know, just getting back to being like a more regular band. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what we want to do. Get back. And then, I don't know if we could do it. If we could do a little bit of a longer tour at the end of this year, 
once people build up PTO and stuff like that, that's one of the issues that, that that's holding us back. Whereas, you know, before still not enough, even if you get PTO. Yeah. It's weird. I have like a career type job, but I also have the most flexibility out of it. Anybody, because number one, I work for a nonprofit and my boss is super cool and I can put up the cash. I have the van. And if we need to get gas and stuff like that, I've got, I've, well, we've built up our band account. That's the other thing that's been I mean, crazy I, too. I would have never been able to like go on tour in Europe if Chris didn't like help us like pay for it as a band. But also if we weren't like a band that's good with our money, but that's just like the reality of it is like, we've never been a full-time band, never been a full-time touring band and we never will be, but we're still going to do what we can when we can, even on the level that we're at. Yeah. And we've gotten some really, we played with like awesome shows with like some of my favorite bands, and, you know, played Fluff Fest in Europe and multiple like times. multiple times and done like really cool local support gigs. So it's just kind of like doing stuff at our own pace and at our own level. Yeah. I want to say joking, but I'm pretty serious about it. Like our next LP, I want it to be like, if you put like damnation, AD tragedy and neurosis in a blender. And that's kind of like, oh. what does uh, it sound like, but you took the, you took the ingredient of integrity out of the recipe. We already did an integrity. We already, we already stole an integrity riff. <laughs> yeah. Stole integrity but yeah, integrity riff. always, but that's a given. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's see how this. It's so funny though because we used to say that before, and then the songs that we wrote um, most recently were like we were leaning towards more writing a bunch of longer, slower, slow burners, and then the the new songs are just ragers. They're like these two like sub two minute, two minute like yeah, kind of like chaotic hardcore with like breakdowns, but like you know, it's more like I don't know. One of them I kind of like ripped off this part of like our race trader song. I don't know. Like it's it's a di- it's different than what we were talking about doing, but it's still like what we all like. Yeah, the idea is like if you're gonna if you're gonna mimic parts of bands, it's like yeah, mimic from multiple bands. That's way it, that way it's easier to cover up your tracks. Yeah, or just be upfront about it. Be like, oh yeah, stole a riff. Yep. Or just or just listen to really obscure stuff and be pretentious about it. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I heard that. Even if you have to make up the names. Just steal stuff from really, really like obscure bands. All right. <laughs> you're, you're a minute away from disting. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we'll be we'll be doing we'll be doing a lot more in the future. I'm I'm, I'm stoked on kind of the songs that we have written and kind of the one that um, we'll hopefully be working on tonight after we run through the set or the upcoming shows because I have a pretty clear idea in terms of like not necessarily concept for the record, but I mean, I guess it kind of is because it's just about shit that we were all going through during the pandemic and um, during during like that coinciding with so many different social justice issues, you know, uh, George Floyd incident, Breonna Taylor. So a lot of these songs are about um, about that kind of police state that we live in. And like kind of went full on into that one, you know, that that topic, which we do talk about that. But um, in in the other songs, but this one is just like. And I guess, and then taking that whole idea from it's still not enough about like, fuck, man, am I doing enough? I'm doing something, but am I doing enough? That's what the whole distress signal song is about. Is just like that we're playing on this little run. It's just like that whole idea of like, man, am I, am I doing enough? It's like, well, because if you think like we do and you live your life, like we do, you're never going to feel like it's enough. Yeah. It never actually is. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Much of like the uh, argument you were saying, I'm like, uh, how, yeah, it was talking about the concept of enough and how people just don't exactly understand that. They can't grasp that whole concept. Right, right. 
Yeah, it, it can mean one way. It's like a, how many how many cars do you need? How many yachts do you need? How many houses do you need? Whereas on the opposite end, it's like you guys. It's like, and what I'm doing is enough. Is this going to help? And I yeah, change. Is it going to change anything? Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. On that note, that's something. Uh, uh, this quote that I keep coming back to. Not exactly a quote, but it was something that uh, uh Serge Tonkin, uh, you know, from System of a Down, he said. Uh, when it comes to people who are working in, uh, you know, as humanitarians, ever so rarely are they going to see the results of what they're fighting for. You know, because it just takes a, it takes generations of uh, social, spiritual, and emotional growth. Right. But it's like, yeah, just keep fighting for it and just hope that the results will flourish in your wake. Yeah, I think yeah. For us, it's like even though we do have like oh man, that whole thing about are we doing enough? It's just like if I think about the work that I've dedicated my life to, and then bringing in you know folks to share in that, like bandmates or friends or you know the the different local businesses and stuff like that I work with. It's crazy because I can actually see tangible results. Like oh shit, you know I've been working at this job for ten years. You know some of the projects I started on, it's like holy shit, I built a forest. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's kind of that's kind of kind of hopeful. And that's the kind of stuff I think about when I get super down about just like, you know, especially the social so human and social justice issues. It's like, holy shit. It seems like we backslid so far recently, even though it's always it, it's always been like that. It's just out there in the, a lot more with everything that's been going on. But it just seriously seems like we've backslid so far from like the, the civil rights movement and stuff like that. It's nice to actually see when this stuff that you're working on, you know, works out and is making a positive oh, yeah, impact. Absolutely. Tiny victories. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, coming on. It was a joy having you at long last, I must add. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we can do it too. I mean, we've been talking for a year about this, so <laughs> trying, to, trying, to do, trying to do the interview, but I'm glad that we were able to put it together and then put it together before GVC. It's going to be so fun. Once again, thank you guys for uh, being here. I can't wait to see you guys in person. Can't wait to see you guys play live. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, hope, uh, I think it's gonna be fun. I'm looking so forward to it. Uh, we we're looking forward to play playing Salt Lake all the time. Like I've told you tons of times, but this fast in particular, holy cow! Mm. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cool. Yeah, that makes all of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys, fellas. That was Wake of Humanity and. Yep, here's some more by them.
So there you go. That was Wake Up Humanity in its entirety, despite the fact that the entirety of the band was not present. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, uh, but honestly, with the, uh, with the two folks that we had, they were great. You know, we got plenty of information, plenty of stuff to go through. Like I said at the top of the uh, interview, was the most seamless that we've ever done. Right. Yeah. Chris, MJ, thank you for again for joining. And yes, once again, it was our pleasure to have you guys on, our pleasure to play your music, and it will be my pleasure to see you live once again. Uh, I can't wait to be getting some mic time. Uh, I'm going to make sure I get some sick mic grabs in there. <laughs> <laughs> we are the bottom line! <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Get out to General Violence Conference or go see him in Boise the day before. Yep, that's true. You know, they had a whole tour planned the last time uh, they were going to be coming through, but alas, uh, we, well, we already went through that. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah, no, uh, it, doesn't bear, it doesn't bear repeating because uh, we've already said it twice. <laughs> well, let's get into wrapping up the show. Eric is going to wrap up the show with uh, something non-punk, as we usually do, and then we're going to wrap the show. So, Eric, what do you got? Well, I got a uh, non-punk song to an extent, because there are <laughs> some pretty, uh, uh, there is a pretty uh, hardcore, uh, uh, hardcore end to this song. Cool. Yeah, but still in its uh, th- all of its thrashy goodness. And who should be presenting that? But, well, it's Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you I'm, sound so enthused. I am trying. I'm reserving myself because <laughs> there are only two ways to say that you like Slayer. It's either you just say it as, oh, yeah, Slayer. Or now i got to turn the mic around. Slayer! <laughs> yeah, if you've been around Slayer fans as much as I have, myself doesn't count <laughs> you'll know <laughs> you know what I'm talking about I've talked about Slayer before on this uh, show one other time it was about my favorite song from my favorite album which was Seasons in the Abyss and I told you the accompanying story about my first Troom Shrimp when listening to that song oh <laughs> uh, yeah but we're not going to talk about that however this song is that I'm playing today is going to be from that album it is another one of my favorite songs like top five easily maybe even top three yeah, and come to think of it, I don't know what my number two favorite song by Slayer is. Hmm. <laughs> well, He's gonna I, have to think and ponder. Huh. Well, now I got a, now I got another task on my hand, <laughs> as if I didn't have enough already. Uh, but this one is certainly my favorite. It's a, uh, it's ju- it's not their fastest. It doesn't have the typical uh, Slayer speed to it. Doesn't even have the uh, same type of Slayer riffage. Um, well, it kind of does. But you know Slayer's, uh, they have a signature riff structure. It just sounds so sinister, so evil. And this one, the music isn't exactly evil, but the lyrics are. The song is called Temptation. And if you read the lyrics, it's sort of like a, it could be a song about addiction, but then when it gets into the uh, you know the breakdown part, that's when it gets uh, pretty sinister. I mean, for example, the lyrics are, uh, uh, come on, asshole. There we are. <laughs> Have you ever danced with the devil? His temptation ever summoned you? Ever penned your name in blood? Let possession slowly swallow you. It's like, okay, yeah, but this is definitely about the temptation from the devil. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, well, I mean, it's Slayer. What what can I expect? <laughs> you know, they sing about uh, 
they sing about Satan or they sing about uh or they sing about Nazis, <laughs> which is <laughs> equally as bad, but not as cool. <laughs> nice. So yeah, the I mean it's it's Slayer. What more can I say? They're basically the embodiment of heavy metal as it is. Like uh God, I remember what uh Stu was saying, uh, you know, from Spirit World, how his band's always getting uh, you know, related to Slayer, and he's like, Well, yeah, that's awesome. You know, what better band to be uh <laughs> referenced referred to right <laughs> or referred to as <laughs> it was such a it was like yep yeah, that that basically sums it up and i'm uh guilty of the same thing i've ripped off a lot of slayer stylings in their uh riffage you know just the open tremolo notes that with a little end cap like did it did 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 it oh god it's a it's so easy but it's so brutal you know, brutality lies in simplicity, and that's the beauty of Slayer. They don't have to go overly technical, and they know exactly when to slow it down to really be more ominous and just to be a little bit more pulverizing, as they do in this song. You know, like I said, it's not incredibly fast, but it's just fast enough. It's more of a, it feels more groove-oriented, actually. Nice. So, so yeah, maybe that's why I like it, because it's so out of the blue for Slayer. Like, they definitely have their slower songs, like Seasons and... Uh, 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 south of Heaven, but then they got their, uh, you know, their fucking high-velocity juggernauts like Angel of Death and <laughs> War Ensemble, Hallowed Point, and <laughs> that list could go on. And basically, the entirety of Rain and Blood. <laughs> that's, right. uh, yeah, that's basically just a hardcore punk album with, you know, better riffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but more on that some other time. Let's, uh, you know, let's get into some fucking temptation. It's too much to resist. <laughs> Your insanity Shatter your reality 
basically structured like a hardcore song you know you got the riff you got the verse and then you have the chorus and you have the riff again you have the verse and the chorus and uh, the little uh <laughs> you know the little uh added guitar solo and then that chunky fucking breakdown and they have done they did do a version like that before from their album hell awaits the song uh at dawn they sleep Although this one is better. <laughs> I, I can't explain why. Maybe it's because I love uh, Tom's vocals more in this one. There's not so much reverb, and uh, maybe it's shorter and sweeter. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't fucking care. It's just a good song. Slayer's got a lot of great songs, and this just happens to be one of my favorite. One of many. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get to them at some point or another on this show. So, uh, yeah, what more can you say? But it's... It's not just Slayer. It's fucking Slayer. <laughs> yeah, that's the third way people uh, refer to that band. And now uh, um, maybe a fourth way, Slayer, R.I.P. Yeah, that band is dead. It's as dead as Jeff Hanneman. Uh, it sucks. Much to Kerry King's dismay. <laughs> you know, he didn't want that band to break up at all. He practically lives on the stage. <laughs> even though he's the least talented member in that <laughs> But it was Tom. He was just like, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Have you seen him? He's mostly white <laughs> in, the, in the hair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, my God. So uh, I don't care. You know, I love a lot of bands that are inactive. So, yeah, what, what else can you say? But I love this band. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're wrapping up the show. Thank you again to Chris and MJ. Thanks to Wake Up Humanity. Check them out at GVC. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, Verbal, and slcpunkcast.com. The bands are found on Instagram at BugginHC, at Pink Snot Official, at Mad Mulligans NYC, at Wild Throats, or sorry, at The Wild Throats. At Run Into the Sun HC, at Fashion Kill Band, at Wake Up Humanity 253, at Slayer Band Official, at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me on the social medias Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And need I remind you that is Eric with a C. A C. <laughs> you know, it's proper. Jesus Christ, get it right, people. <laughs> Yeah, that's not Derek. It's Eric as if you're spelling it in America. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, my bands can be found on Instagram. Anonymous is at un anonymous underscore band official, and the apathetics is at theapathetics.slc. And on Facebook, anonymous is at anonymous slc, and apathetics are at uh, just the apathetics. No, that's it. <laughs> Our band camps are anonymous slc and theapathetics.bandcamp.com, and keep a lookout because. That band cam is going to get updated with some new tracks. Both oh, of them. Shit. 
Yeah, they're still in the they're still in the works. We're still doing studio time, and it's a pain in the ass. God damn it! This the thing I hate. I love the least <laughs> about being in a band is actually recording. Oh God, it gets you down to size. All your flaws are recognized, and what you thought sounded good on stage or in practice doesn't really sound so good when it's played back to you. So now it's like, well, fuck, I really suck. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> you can listen to my other podcast, Lead Melodies, on uh, uh, Anchor.fm slash Lead Melodies or on Spotify. And you can find those links in the Instagram at Lead Melodies underscore podcast and on the Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. And I also run on Facebook the SLC Hardcore page. And I just discovered there is an Instagram account. I don't have access to it. So I send them a message like, hey, who's running this shit around here? <laughs> who's running this joint? Because I run the Facebook page. I should be controlling the Instagram page because you ain't posted shit since 2019, man. Right? Now, I said it a little uh, uh, less callous than that. But still, <laughs> if you're listening somehow, uh, get back to me, please. Uh, Anyway, as, as if I have to take on any more socials, but I digress. That's where you can find me. <laughs> the bands are found at Pink Snot, at Mad Mulligans, at The Wild Throats, at Run Into The Sun HC, at Fashion Kill Band, at Wake of Humanity, at Slayer, at SLC Punkcast is the show. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point. Uh, some cool things on the horizon for SLC Punkcast for Punkanoi Worldwide. Coming up on six years for SLC Punkcast next month. And four years for Punkanoi Worldwide. Maybe some news coming up by then. That's it for this show, though. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, the only uh, final thought I have is uh, just uh, just keep listening because you never know what's coming up around the corner. That's, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. It says it all right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I am referring to our podcast. Just keep listening. <laughs> Play the fucking outro.